0: Hey what's going on everybody this is your boy Dex with the I am Pits podcast we are back again for another episode sorry for the delay in getting episodes out like it's been real busy for me over here in the Louisville Kentucky area got a lot going on a lot of overtime a lot of family stuff a lot of adult responsibilities that I have to attend to and also we were going to have a show last week but we also had a little audio difficulty and some internet issues which as you know in the podcast game it happens man but I'm thankful because we got to redo this interview because, man, I really want to give these guys product, the best show I can give them so that we can get people the help that they need. And so I'm excited to have on the podcast again to redo the interview. It's my buddy from the Army, Nikhil Kumra, and his buddy, and everyone has buddy, his brother, Ajay, or as I call them, the Kumras, because that's why I named this episode, Dexter and the Kumras Go to White Castle. I know y'all remember that movie from the 2000s, but let me go ahead and bring them on. My boy Nikel, what up man?
1: Hey, what's up man? When we yeah. actually go to White Castle?
0: Man, that, these days it does not sit too well in the stomach. It never has sat it well in the has. stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I say the magic thing about White Castles, they smell the same going in as they come do coming out. <laughs> so it <laughs> makes it fun. <laughs> don't be around anybody when they've been eating white castles (laughs) man so good to have you back we're gonna go ahead and bring on his brother aj what up man
2: what's up dax thanks for having us
0: no problem y'all are some handsome looking devils look at you two of course
2: just delicious man (laughs) we're
1: trying to be like you
0: <laughs> oh, you gotta get the skin a little darker, but I know some places. I'm that trying, can man. I'm trying, <laughs> <laughs> man. So, man, i appreciate both of you coming back to do the show. Super excited because, like I said, we had issues last time, but it was such a shame because it was such a good show. It was just flowing so good. But regardless, we got the the issues fixed, man. And we're gonna do this again. So, for people that don't know, me and Nikel served together about 18 years ago in the United States Army's part of the 10th Mountain Division. Alpha Company, 214 Infantry, man. So we deployed together at Iraq in 2004, and he had been in the military for about how many years were you in, Mikhail? Uh,
1: about 17.
0: 17 oh. years total. And yeah. Ajay served as well and also a veteran of the U.S. Army. And You were in what, Psychops, correct?
2: Yes, yes, in the reserve, yeah.
0: And this is the interesting thing about these two. When people typically think about the U.S. Army infantry, they say, oh, these guys are stupid. These guys are dumbs, which might be the case for me, but I can't say that's the case for these guys because both of these guys are highly intelligent, educated, and both still decided that, you know what, I'm going to go serve my country during a time of war, especially when, you know, they got the degrees and all this stuff going on, man, just super intelligent guys, man. So it's, I tell people they have this opinion about the infantry that we're all dumb and i tell people you have the most eclectic group of people that serve in the military especially in the frontline units in the infantry like me and Nikhil. when i found out how smart he was i was like bro what are you doing here (laughs) (laughs) so man so like i said glad to have you on and glad to have you all as a veteran business as well but we're going to go ahead and get it started with how things were back in the day so Nikhil, introduce yourself to the people and tell them where you're from
1: hey uh so i'm Nikhil. i'm uh I'm originally from Chicago, uh, like Dex said, uh, served, uh, in the, uh, 10th Mountain Division, uh, with them, uh, we did a few tours and, um, you know, got out, uh, moved to, eventually moved to Texas, um, after school and, and just uh, about a year ago, uh, we started, well, two years ago, we started talking about, uh, our clinic and, uh, opening it and you know what we can do different um and that that
2: just kind of came to life
0: awesome aj other people about you my man
2: yeah definitely again from chicago um initially joined the military to pay for school um did my time moved out to san diego struggled to figure out what i wanted to do i was always unsure um Went into nursing. Uh, after that, I fell into psych. Uh, it wasn't the plan. Definitely, it was to do the ICU and uh, CRNA track, anesthesia track. Um, but 2018 was a hard time finding a ICU position. So uh, all that was open was psych, and I fell in love with it. Um, so I started in child psych and then after a while you know moved around jobs did a couple contracts in texas um down at the border with dhs and then went to np school um and in between uh worked at academy clinic one local to san diego um
0: can you tell the people what np school is
2: yeah nurse practitioner school so yeah so it's like a pa um, kind of a little bit different, but um, I specialized in psych and wanted to bring this uh, start a ketamine business after working at one um, and realizing, hey, this is very expensive treatment, but very effective. Um, so that's when me and Nikhil started talking.
0: I'm about to get in the ketamine business started. I know, but I know what y'all are thinking. You got a cop on here talking about ketamine. Let me tell you, all I'm <laughs> all for it. <laughs> especially with with my, the time I've spent in service and the military and issues I have from PTSD and from being a cop and what I've seen done with other officers and veterans, I believe in the treatment, man. But before we get to the treatment, I want to go back to why you all decided to join the military. Nikhil, if you could tell the people why, what sparked you? Um, your interest?
1: So I was, I, I was, it was a combination of uh, being bored and lost. Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> I was in school, I was I was working I think at like Walgreens or something. It was it was kinda of miserable. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not doing anything, like, why not? type of thing. You know, I really don't want to go to school right now. It's kind of a waste of time and not really putting any effort into it. And then uh, so I went in initially in ninety eight in the reserve, uh, went to uh, Jackson for basic, which was uh, interesting and then <laughs> uh one, right after 9-11, uh they I, I went active. I uh, changed my MOS to 11 Bravo. Um and they had me redo basic and uh, the whole OSIT, right? Man. So I went to Benning for basic. So been to basic a couple times. <laughs> been to MEPS several times. And, you know, it's it's been fun. So half my me, career has been either in basic or
0: maps. Okay. So let me ask man, what was your initial MOS when you went into the army?
1: Uh, 92
0: Yankees, so supply. Supply guy. So I ran into a 92 Alpha the other day at work, and it was a bad yeah. experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. trying to tell me that he was a badass and that he used to stack bodies. I was like, bro, the only thing you were stacking was ammo in the <laughs> ammo closet. <laughs> <laughs> but this happened at Red Lobster here in Louisville, bro. I have to put him in this place. Like, <laughs> shut your mouth, bro. <laughs> so you know what you signed up to do as a 92 Alpha. Hush, man. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> but, shove one of those little breads in his mouth. <laughs> But, but but see for me it's so interesting that so you go in as a ninety two. What sparked you to be like you know what of all the things I can do I got a good ass VAP score. I think I'm gonna go kick indoors.
1: Um, n- well nine eleven happened and it was just like wow okay like let's actually let's actually do something now you know like because I mean ninety eight there was nothing going on right? yeah it was like
0: though, that was it and that wasn't much
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You had like Somalia and stuff like that. Yeah. Very, you know, small focused uh, missions. But other than that, like for the for the big army, like there was basically like, you know, not a whole lot.
0: And what was your parents response to this?
1: Oh, it was it was horrible. It was. <laughs> they, <laughs> they hated it. Um, it yeah, it, it it wasn't a good conversation um it wasn't a good series of conversations but at the end of the day it's like okay well you know nobody can take accountability for what you do or fail to do in your life right like absolutely so just kind of came down to that
0: i like it they got over it they're, they're <laughs> <good>. <laughs> absolutely i'm sure I'm, I'm sure they're proud of both of you for regardless man <laughs> AJ, what made you decide to join man what year did you join
2: yeah, so my my story of getting in is a little, a little weird. So, <laughs> it's like I'll die with
0: a weird story. I don't believe yeah. it.
2: <laughs> so I graduated high school in 2008. Um, I, I got an ROTC scholarship, uh, full ride to college. Uh, this was 2008, so we're well into the war. I think Nikhil uh, was deployed already a couple times. Uh, and our parents were dead against the army, right? <laughs> Joining the army, so I ended up not taking that uh, ROTC scholarship. I got uh, went to college, um, got caught up in partying, and didn't do anything. And at the at that time, uh, Nikhil was, I think, a recruiter. <laughs> he was uh, doing the recruiting thing, so he talked to me about it, you know. And that was like, what? august or july of 2009 and then um you know we're trying to find a job like i didn't know what i wanted to do i never knew what i wanted to do so and Just then at the party let's say yeah no, i know i wanted to party you know 19 year old kid stupid but um and then it's funny because uh, they, they met psyop came up um and then it's funny that the uh the movie the men the men who stare at goats came out yeah. yeah i don't know if you guys remember that
0: i remember that with george Clooney.
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome movie kind of you know alluded to psyop a little bit so i you know 19 year old kid i'm like
0: yeah let's do that
2: so that's how i got in <laughs> um went into the reserves um got my gi bill to pay for school and went from there
0: man so let me ask you <laughs> with you going in the psyops. Mm-hmm. What was it about psyops that really brought you in there? I I, I
2: guess because it was, you know, really, a really small MOS. Um, not I guess not a lot of people were went into that. Um, it's known for, you know, being a little secretive and not, you know, people don't really know what they do. And um you know speaker monkeys they
0: call i guess but speaker monkeys yeah so yeah um, now with your history you you're you partying and not really having a direction in your life were your parents a little happier with you at least hey at least he's doing something he's going somewhere and doing something positive or were they still
2: they were just they they're you know their scope of view is like that it's like Oh, the war! Uh, you're gonna die. Everyone's gonna
0: <laughs> die. <And> so, like, <laughs> well, they were. Some of us did. Yeah, yeah. But
2: yeah. I mean, I, I get the frustration and everything. But you know, you like Nikhil said, you gotta own what you do. It's your life.
0: So yeah, absolutely, man. So Nikhil, back to you. During your time in service, are there any incidents for you during your deployments that were memorable that stuck with you? that kind of bother you or still haunt you to this day?
1: Yeah. I mean, in terms of bothering, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think any, anybody I knew who got hurt, that was, you know, really something that kind of always, you know, I it's kind of weird. It's one of those things where, you know, even after 18 years you you just you remember exactly you know where you were what you were doing all that stuff so um so yeah i mean there, there there were a handful of things but you know it 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 is what it is i guess you know with that
0: yeah it's the the survivor guilt the survivor's guilt is real man yeah when you see good men and you know people that we know that we serve with that are no longer here yeah you just look at and think to yourself how am I this lucky? And still here, and these guys guys are gone. Guys that are like way better soldiers and people than me that knew their crap. You know that they're just no longer on this earth. And it's just like, man, you know. And I and it, like I said, a lot of it still haunts me personally too. But you know, like yeah. you just kind of deal with it and move on. But like I said, it does leave those scars in the brain and the mind, which is why I wanted to have you all on to figure out a way how we all work through that with veterans and cops. And Aj, for you, were there any significant moments in your military career? that kind of stuck with you or bother you that kind of really inspired you and your brother to do what y'all do with this clinic?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, uh, seeing, you know, guys in my unit get back and not just with physical injuries, but how they act, you know, the stories they tell what they saw with PSYOP being non really organic to the army at the time he would have, you know, Some guys show back up to the unit in a suit, you know, saying how they were, you know, with the CIA last week and um, other ones, you know, coming back from, you know, ones that have been in forever that jumped on Panama and just hearing their stories and, you know, seeing how it impacted their life. um, I think that also propelled me to go into mental health um, and really enjoy it, the work.
0: Well, it's definitely work that's needed, brother. So Nikhil, when you got out or when you got back and then when you decided to get out, I told people like, man, I was like, I remember the last time we were together was in like 2011 in St. Louis. We had a spur of the moment Alpha Company reunion and all of us got together and hung out and it was just so good to see everybody. And then it was like all of a sudden Nikhil just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. The next, thing you know, he pops up on LinkedIn And he's got all these degrees and all this like stuff he's doing and like managing. I'm like, Jesus, man, this dude is killing it, man. And all of a sudden it's just like, man, he disappears again. I'm like, this dude's doing, he's out here doing something big. He ain't got time for social media because he's out here (laughs) killing it. But so can you tell us about what it was like for you getting out, finding your way into what you, what you're kind of doing now with, with all your education and the business stuff you've been doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so, yeah, I got out, uh, got off back to duty in 05, um, started back up at school, like, very quickly, very immediately. That found, I got out in July, end of July, started August, um, started school in August, mid, mid-August, so it was about two to three weeks since, you know, ETSing, um, and then, yeah, just, just, started going to school uh, trying to figure it out you know didn't really know anybody anymore in know illinois and yeah just kind of you know that that wasn't easy um but then graduated undergrad uh got into an mba program uh started doing that uh while working started uh getting into uh retail management um that was that was a very solid transition just because i mean it's 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 in terms of like how task oriented it is. It's it's very similar to the military in that sense. So uh Perfect And shot. also too, you know you you've got certain strategies and and you know merchandising plans and stuff like that. So you know there there was a lot of learning there too. Um, moved on from the uh, first place was Target. Moved on to Seven Eleven. Seven
0: Eleven. Look at that. Hey, can I get a thank you? Come again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm really bad with the accent. (laughs) I'm the only one who who doesn't have the accent. (laughs) This is why I I like having my friends from the infantry. We can do these jokes and everybody laughs and that gets. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh man, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I uh, so was there for uh, about eight, nine years, eight years, a little over eight years. Um, and then got a call from, uh, one of our, one of the vendors I was working with. Um, uh, he's like, Hey, we need a, we need a director, of customer success. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Like I've been here for eight and a half years, worked my way up, got, you know, several promotions throughout the way. And that was like the next step. And so went there and then, uh, yeah. And then, then that guy quit and he was, he was a great guy. Uh, unfortunately he, he had left. Um, and then they, they were like, Hey, do you want to want to be VP of customer success so that you can kind of take over several different departments? I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but sure. <laughs> You're know? so, uh, so killing yeah, it, man. That. Yeah. And then, uh, and then after that, I mean, we started talking, uh, Ajay and I, it all, it all it all, started where all great ideas start, in a bar at 1 a.m. Uh, after a few <laughs> drinks. So <laughs> we started talking about it, talked about it for about a, the course of a year. And then eventually we just uh, pulled the trigger and I, I moved out uh, here from Texas. And uh, yeah, it was all uphill.
0: Ajay, for you, what was it like for you getting out of it? finding the a path that le, le, that kind of led you to where y'all started this uh, academy company. What was that path like for you, man?
2: Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm very uh, with my path. I just do whatever comes <laughs> out me. You just so go where the, where, where I, the wind's carry you. yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> when specific. I got out, I started working in an office. Hated it. And I just I'm like, you know what? It, it was it was February. I was working overnights. It was negative 20 degrees out and I'm just so upset. I'm like, you know what, I'm leaving for California. So I hopped <laughs> in my car uh, in August and left. You know, I stayed in my car. I crashed on people's couches. Um, I, I eventually, um, you know, wanted a, <laughs> wanted a career so. Um, I, I applied to the police force and nursing school. Got into both the same day, um, and I chose nursing. Smart um, choice. <laughs> yeah, well, it was like right back in what what year was it? Like 2016, just when you know being a cop was a bad look, you know, and all that stuff was <laughs> yeah. going down. You know, yep. so um, I'm like, ah, well, I might as well just go into nursing. Um, did that. Um, Yeah. And then, like I said, fell into psych. I loved it. You know, did some time working at the VA, uh, did my clinicals at an active duty Navy hospital here in San Diego. Ended up loving it. I thought I would hate psych. And that was my path. So Um, and then eventually, you know, came across this whole area called psychedelic medicine. Um, where they're studying, you know, these hallucinogens like uh, uh, psilocybin, MDMA, LSD, um, and then really started studying that sort of stuff. See what they're doing with it. Um, came upon a ketamine clinic. I worked at briefly, and then realized, okay, this is this is the future of mental health treatment. Um, you know, at least a portion of it. So specialized in psych, and here we are
0: man. So you get out and you find this path and then you get introduced to what people say, the drug world. And I just love this the stigma of how bad and evil drugs are, which, yes, to a degree, drugs are yeah. bad, okay? But I, in a <laughs> controlled setting, I like I, said, I used to be very big, especially as a cop, <laughs> against any... When I, became, when I was a rookie cop in 2010, I don't care what kind of drugs it was, you're a bad person, you're going down, yeah. I'm taking you to jail, but... As I've gotten older and I've seen research and stuff that started coming out, and I started looking at stuff, I was like, man, maybe this stuff isn't bad. But I just find it crazy that even as a cop or veteran, well, no, you can't have CBD. You can't have ketamine. You can't use these things. But feel free to drink yourself to death and pound your liver into submission every night and then beat your kids, you know? So man, the stigma with drugs, like with chemical drugs being tested to me in this country all these years later, it's still there. So when you were getting in, starting to research this, what was the first thought in your mind of going going up against all the stigma, trying to take away these negative stigmas with drugs, certain drugs that help people heal from PTSD and mental problems?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I I always, you know, say follow the money and like, you know, what's, what's illegal and why is it illegal? And if you look at the old, you know, papers on why things usually get outlawed—it it doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> so that's 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 what the research showed me. Um, that being said, you know, well, in a controlled setting, like you said, I think it's a valuable tool. And uh, you know, dr- I mean, we have Tylenol. Tylenol is a drug, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ibuprofen is a drug. If you abuse well. I that, know it well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly we all know it well um but if you abuse that you know that's dangerous too um i think that you know the research and well the laws prevented the research for a very long time and now that veterans groups are active with it um people are listing more i mean what they're doing in kentucky um putting millions of dollars towards um substance abuse research and ibogaine um, is amazing so
0: I <laughs> no, think let me ask What was it about, with all the different drugs that are out there that that can be used to kind of help with therapy? What was it about ketamine for you that drew you to ketamine as this is the one we're going to use for the most part?
2: Yeah, so I mean, right now ketamine is the only considered the only legal psychedelic, right? It's a dissociative, (laughs) and um, the safety profile is great. It's been used for a hundred years, or close to a hundred years since the seventies, I think. Um. In the OR in ambulances, um, I'm 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 sure you talked to a bunch of paramedics and EMS through your career, and oh, yeah. you know, have seen ketamine get shot into a patient. Um, but yeah, it's it's very safe, um, and what they're finding is in the right setting, the right uh, with the right mindset, um, and the right therapy to go along with it. it, it that sort of expedites the therapy, right? The therapy is the real treatment, no matter what. Um, and the drugs are a tool
0: mm-hmm. to and, help that, so. And we know like any tool, people say like, you know, guns are evil and like, well, guns aren't necessarily evil. It's a tool. A tool. It depends on, <laughs> the it's a, depends on who's hands it in, just like a brick. Exactly. I can take a brick and I can build some houses with it or I can take a brick and smash somebody with the face in it. Doesn't mean the brick's evil. <laughs> It's just it's the person behind the brick, And so, Nikhil, exactly. I, I want to ask you this. Y'all are sitting at a bar having drinks, and he comes up to you and says, man, you ever thought about opening up a ketamine clinic or treatment facility? What goes through in your mind as – I know you're a good, clean-living guy. What's your first thought like, well, how much have you had to drink? Like, what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So, well, he, he definitely phrased it in a, in a a in a really good way. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was kind of, uh, I was, I was just getting into like, uh, you know, that new position, getting into executive leadership at the time and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, what, what to, to, to a hammer, everything's a nail, right? I mean, everything, you know, at that time in my mind was like, like, okay, how does this work with, you know, sales and money and all that stuff? and. You know, but the way that he explained it was basically that he's been working in these clinics, um, you know, ketamine isn't all that expensive. Right. And because like, because of that, you, you think like, okay, well, these clinics are, 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 do, are doing sessions between 500 and a thousand. And I guess in some place, in the is close to $2,000 for this treatment per session. Um, Lot of money. So, they're just, they're, it, the margins are ridiculous. And it's almost, I mean, it definitely is price gouging in a sense. So, you know, we, we were talking about that and, you know, really focusing on accessibility um, and doing that by having prices lower than anybody in our area. Um, and then, yeah, we're just like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do it. Like this, it, it make it made sense financially and, you know, in every other way. Yeah, so that, we we really, you
2: know, our, our aim with this whole thing is <laughs> is to keep the price much lower than, you know, other other clinics just, I mean, not to price them out, but because it is a valuable treatment and there's n- outside of the provider's time, that's that's your biggest cost, right? So if we can find ways to make up for that, um that's that's what we try to do just to keep the price lower for everyone so that they can access access it.
0: So let me ask this question because everybody I know a lot of people, especially in the social media age, everybody's got a big business ideal, this big dream, and we're gonna be business people, we're gonna make money, we're gonna be rich. And everybody's got the ideal in this this dream like sequence in their mind of how it's gonna be. Once people get to the dock and they look at the water and they think they're going to jump in, they're kind of like, "Eh, sounds great. But, man, was there any reservation on either of y'all's part going into this, jumping into this market? Because, I mean, there's just now there's a little bit more, but it's still kind of a new territory, bringing it into the civilian world for treatment. Was there anything that y'all were kind of nervous about? Like, man, what if this doesn't work? And, Nikhil, especially you, you're working in freaking executive leadership, man, and doing well in life. And you're like, man, I'm gonna just leave all this behind and try something new and just kind of step out on the limb. Would you have it? Was there anything nervous that, that was scaring you? Like, man, what if this doesn't work? Or so,
1: so yeah, I mean, no, I I wouldn't say reservations by by any stretch. However, um, you know, in in a in a career path like that, uh, like I passed like basically everything is risk aversion, right? How do you minimize risk on everything? So. You know, it, it was it was kind of a, a leap and uh, in a sense a leap of faith, but also too, you know, I know Ajay's really good at what he does. Um, I know Matt, my background, uh, you know, we, we figured it out. Um I I kind of went into this, you know, with a you don't know what you don't know type of thing, right? Mindset. And uh, you know, it's it's been uh a, a lot of lot of learning for, for me. Uh, in that sense, um, but other than that, I mean, it's 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 been it's been great. It, it's, I yeah, I wouldn't say uh, any kind of reservations, but definitely uh, just the natural, you know, uh, nerve wracking as- aspects of you know going out on your own and, and starting starting a business and having a bit starting a business that has such a high dollar investment um, to it. And saying, okay, well, we need to, we need to break even, we need to make it up. How are we going to do this? <laughs> <And> then you're, <laughs> then you're, then you're awake, you know, at, at one o'clock, and three o'clock, and four o'clock, and five o'clock. <laughs> it pops in your head. But at the end of the day, I mean, things at this point, things now are, are, are finally, you know, done, solidified. We're, we're getting our operations solid. Um, so yeah, it's just
0: solid now. So let me ask you, RJ. I don't think you had any reservations. I could tell like just your person, like you were like, bro, I'm all in. We're doing this. It's going to work. We're going to make <laughs> it work no matter what. Yeah, no, I had I had some
2: reservations. So, Did you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I had been working five years as a nurse. I, I made my way into these higher paying contracts at the director level. Um, and, you know, I'm like, do I give up? a $200,000 a year job, cushy job <laughs> and do this. And so, I, but I'm like, screw it. Let's do it. You know? Um, yeah, we, we both. Yeah, exactly. We, we both kind of lost the same thing. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, but you know, um, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and you go in and you realize that entrepreneurship is completely different than, everything else it's Uh, different than you know being a nurse it's different than being a piece of a company (laughs) so you kind of have to and and i think it's it's good to learn from the bottom up always you know um so that's yeah we just take one day at a time and handle one problem at a time you know um yeah but there's problems every day that we have to fix i
0: guarantee it somebody's got to do it brother I'm glad it's y'all doing it because I trust y'all, man. So you get the business. When does the business actually open up? When did y'all actually open it?
2: So um shout out to our realtor, (laughs) uh Brent. (laughs) Uh he worked with us for a couple months finding a finding a place. Um we found a place, they were great. Um, they you know threw us some TI to improve the place. Um, and now we have a beautiful 2,000 square foot facility. Um, we really started working on it in September of last year and um, we opened the last week of May this year um, and the first six weeks was just crickets so and that's that's enough to get nervous. So you know we uh, started doing our networking and it started getting some patients in and um, you know, more and more every month are coming in as the, the word gets out. So,
0: um. so y'all open up the doors. So it's, it's resilience interrogative. What is it? Resilience? How you say it?
2: Re- resilience,
0: integrative wellness, in- integrative wellness. So yeah, i open up the doors and now y'all are here trying to help treat veterans, first responders, or anybody dealing with any sort of trauma through ketamine treatment. Mm-hmm. So say I'm in San Diego, walking down the street. And I walk and I see resilience. Is it integrative, right? Yeah. I see resilience, integrative wellness. I want to go get treatment. So what's it going to be like for me as a guy walking into your facility trying to get treatment?
2: Absolutely. So most of our patients, they'll send us um, a form online and we'll call them or they'll call us. Um, They'll do a quick intake call. Um, and then we'll send them out some intake forms just to get their medical history and everything to see if they qualify for it. Our provider, our anesthesia provider will call them, um, do a quick phone interview and we'll set up a time for them to come in and get their treatment, um, and let them know the conditions they can't eat for four hours. They, you know, whatever meds they have to stop or keep taking, let them know, um, and to have a ride, you can't drive afterwards. Um, so after that call, we scheduled them to come in. Um, everybody has loved the place so far. It's very non-clinical and how it's set up. So it doesn't look like a hospital. You know, the last place a person wants to be is in the hospital, right? But you're in a comfy chair with nice Bose headphones, listening to calming music. And they come in and get their treatment, and it's, it's been great so far. The, the reviews have been great.
0: Gotcha, man. So as somebody that's never done any, well, I'm not going to say I've never done any hardcore drugs, I did my drugs legally to everybody listening. When I got hurt in Iraq and I got that first dose of morphine, my God, I was being held <sighs> in the arms of God himself. It was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than that pain going away and being eased, man. But, so what can somebody expect that's never had a any sort of psychedelic, man, because we all seen the movies and everybody has their <clears throat> their belief of what it looks like and what it's like going on a trip. And I'm sure it's different for everybody. But what do you all see from a lot of the people that are going through this treatment for the first time?
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it kind of like that description of morphine you gave, um, but without, you know, the addictive as addictive side effects. Um like that, where you'll get this dissociation. That's the hallucinogenic part. You may see visuals, um, but it's highly subjective and it's different from both person to person and from treatment to treatment. So your first treatment will feel different than your third treatment. Um, And that has to do with, you know, your mindset going in, um, what issues you want to address. You might think of certain things and um, it changes the trip completely. Uh, that's why we really recommend that you do it with a therapist to help process all the issues that that come up, especially with uh, PTSD um, or or trauma. Um, those issues they might come to the surface, and you, you need to have someone there to help help you process it. So. Uh, you know, the drug's a tool again and it just helps everything come to the surface.
0: Absolutely. So we're gonna kind of get down into the medical clinical of how the ketamine works. Cause I've done a little bit of research, but I want you to break it down for dummies like me and other dummies that might be listening to my podcast that are just like me, that ain't very smart. So I know it they said it kind of rewires the brain's pathways. Could you kind of tell us how it really works in the mind with kind of trying to heal the trauma inside the brain. I mean,
2: I can give you like a, like a short and quick of it. So
0: it's,
2: it's a, it's an NMDA antagonist. Um, It basically hits different neurotransmitters and receptors in your brain than say an antidepressant does. Um, But it has really strong antidepressant effects. That's why it's indicated for treatment in treatment resistant depression. So, SSRIs um, and most antidepressants, they say it works on 40 to 60% of people before they need to go back in and adjust their medications. And then eventually, you know, people end up adjusting their medications again and again and again. Um, This is very, uh, ketamine has a quick onset. You feel it right away. Um, Most patients walk out going, you know, with their face, face like this and then they're all happy walking out, you know, <laughs> um, but those, uh, you know, the important thing is how long it lasts. Right. So with repeated treatment, it's been shown to increase neuroplasticity um, rewire connections in your brain. Um, you know, a, a lot of studies show that, or a lot of imaging shows that uh, people with depression or PTSD, certain areas are, of their brain aren't firing off and, ketamine helps with that. It helps rewire it and make those those parts more active again.
0: So yeah. that is freaking amazing. So how long how long how long have y'all been open now?
2: <laughs> uh, since the last week of May, so we're coming up on what four months.
0: Four months. So four months, y'all have been open. How many clients have y'all uh, built since then? Like,
2: I'd say like we've had what thirty <clears throat> to fifty come through. Yeah,
1: yeah, like yeah, about yeah, closer to. Closer to fifty, uh, so far. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been steadily growing uh, as the word goes <laughs> out. Um, you know, the biggest hurdle right now is is the word going out and um,
0: marketing. You know,
1: yeah, you know, you know how difficult it is.
0: Oh um, yes,
1: having a podcast with you know just SEO and and social media and
2: all that. It's so flooded that you know
1: it's, it's like
0: everywhere, gotta, man. Just <laughs>
2: that... work your face out. That combined with you know there there's a ketamine shortage right now yeah. Um, but yeah, so most clinics are running out um or can't secure it, and we've been very lucky we've we've had this um company that does help us get ketamine so we do have a, a stock of it for anyone for anyone there where uh, their clinic ran out of ketamine um talk call us, talk to us, yeah. Yeah, that's happened several times. already. So and I'll tell you,
0: the, uh, the one out. the one thing that I'm happy about this is, man, as you all know, it's everywhere, like the, the psychedelic treatments. But the research I was doing, there was a lot of people that were leaving the United States. They're going to like Mexico and they're going out in the woods or in the jungle. They're doing the and I, it's some gnarly, gnarly stuff bro. from the yeah. interviews I heard. They're like half naked out in the Mexican jungle taking ketamine and they're just having this crazy trip. Yo. And I'm just like, to me, that doesn't sound safe. Being in a foreign country with people I don't really know and trust, but with you all, that the, the fact that this is in the United States in a safer area, you know that, that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable telling people, hey, if you need treatment, go here. Because I don't really think it's really a good idea for anybody to go to Mexico and get some wild treatment that there's really no 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 restraints on anything, man. You just don't know who you're talking to or really what you're getting. So what you all are kind of doing for me is like bridging the gap and giving people the opportunity in a safe environment to get the treatment they need, man. Because these clinics, like I said, they're popping up everywhere, everywhere. But like I said, you know, if you go up to a place and there's some stairs going down to a basement, you got to do a secret knock. Not so sure I'd be willing. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be willing to go get treatment at that place, man. But you all are a professional and you know approved company which is pretty cool man now what were the hurdles like for you getting all the like uh, the, the what's it called not the not the rights but the uh, permissions from the government and all what's that how was that how was that for y'all
1: it took about 10 months
0: um, 10 months
1: yeah yeah in california and I, I i definitely <laughs> yeah
0: I, I took
2: on that task yeah um, you know learn, learning the law especially in california where the law is so stringent There's so many rules and regulations. Um, I mean, I've had to read, um, you know, the Corporate Practice of Medicine Act and uh, all these different rules on how to start a clinic. Um, But I mean, it was hurdle after hurdle. So finding a medical director that wants that wants to do it, Um, setting up, you know, the corporate structure. you know, finding a, a mid-level provider, so a nurse practitioner or a CRNA to start um, actually giving treatments. So every step of the, the, you know, the securing the drugs, how the drug landscape works, which that's super complicated. About
0: that sounds like a nightmare.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare. I mean, it's, you know, there's a drug company, then a distributor, and then, you know, sub distributor. It's just, it gets so messy. Um. So, after you know those major hurdles and then finding a place, and making it how we want, um, which was you know welcoming and comforting, um, yeah, we've just had you know issue after issue, but you know, we, we, we just take care of it, and um, yeah, now we're open, <laughs> you know, we've come a long way, and now it's just the getting the word out, uh, letting people know, hey, we do have ketamine. Uh, we do have professional providers. No, it's not a horse tranquilizer, <laughs> Like, you know, um, uh, really educating people on it.
0: Man, how hard do you think it's going to be to continue to educate people and to get over that stigma and people thinking that this is just a way for people to go get high and have fun, man. Cause that stigma, it's so hard to get over it. Well, like, what are y'all trying to kind of do to try to help get over that stigma? Cause we've all seen them. What is it? Uh, was it reefer madness? The yeah. Reformed Madness video from the 80s or what, the yeah. 70s that was like, no, this is your brain on drugs and you're going to become a crazy person if you smoke marijuana. And yeah. <laughs> so like getting over the stigma so hard, man, what are y'all doing to really kind of push yeah. past that? But like, man, we got to move forward.
2: <laughs> I think that veterans organizations are doing a great job at promoting this um, and it's been shown to be effective in veterans. Uh, what we'd like to do is get hooked up with. Uh, some local veterans organizations um, and even, you know, offer offer some some free treatments to those that, you know, can't afford it at all. Um, and Just to, you know, want to help help the veteran community and to um, show everyone, hey, we're we're here. We have you know, we know what we're doing. And yeah.
0: Man, so let me ask you all me, me being being that I'm a cop. How hard do you think it's going to be to try to get this stigma gone so that law enforcement officers can try to possibly get some of this treatment? Because I tell everybody this, man, if there is one group of people that is stingy and does not like change, it is cops. Because when I was on uh, social media and I was telling people, man, I don't really think weed's that big of a deal anymore. It's like an older generation of cops are like, oh, no. Oh, no. The moment we start there, it just goes downhill and there goes the country. And I'm like, bro. Country's already kind of going downhill, and it's a <laughs> lot more than just weed. So, man, I don't. What do you all think we could do to kind of help with law enforcement officers and kill that stigma amongst them? To see, hey, man, this is good treatment because it's not the officers; it's the higher level executives and politicians that are saying, "No, you guys aren't allowed to get treatment." Because you personally, wouldn't you think you'd want your officers to be more cognitive and be resolving their mental issues before they're on the street patrolling?
2: yeah definitely i think that you know um i I mean i I don't know how to do that with psilocybin or mdma because those are still class one um you know class ones or scheduled one Um, but i think that as legislation changes the stigma is going to change as it becomes more accepted um i think that you know police now now i'm not sure if they can uh get treated I mean how the treatment works for them and you know with their department looking down on it or
0: absolutely whatever
2: <laughs> but you know I, I mean if they're on an antidepressant uh, how is that any d- uh, drugs a drugs a drug right um it's it's a tool again so them coming into a medical clinic I mean with you know and leaving with a doctor's note um I, I I don't know. I don't think that would be like a big deal. But um, again, that's that's at the executive level.
1: You know, I I could imagine it would be really police who would struggle with that. Just because I mean, there's there's a guideline that you guys have to follow, right? The mm-hmm. law. And if the law changes, then regardless, right? It, it's it's just got to be followed. Um, but the problem does lie with, like I just said, you know, following the money and everything, you know, there, there's, there's other, you know, political and business forces at play with pharmaceutical companies and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, traditional, um, traditional drugs that, that, you know, that, that are, well, just traditionally used, right. Versus, uh, this treatment. So, um, Yeah. And right now, really, I mean, the 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 laws, if you think about it, they really kind of cause more harm than good at this point in in their current fashion. For for instance, like psilocybin. Right. You do have a lot of you're they're growing in in studies that show positive effects with psilocybin itself. Um, However, since it is still illegal right people like you said have to go outside of the country or they have to do it you know in their home under their bed under the covers not and monitored the only, yeah the only kind of treatment that they have with uh therapists or coaches is basically harm reduction right so it's like hey don't do this don't do that do this do that and and go away and do it i don't want to see it i can't do anything i'm going to lose my license and then come back later
0: <laughs> yeah man and that's not that's, good for anybody yeah. yeah very so if it was
1: in dude. a controlled environment like this i mean <laughs> that'd be excellent
2: and, and nope, they are doing some clinical research and that's that's been showing you know a lot of uh positive outcomes it's just you know will the government dump more money into researching this and i think they should
0: <laughs> um, absolutely should yeah like so, it's time to move past some old stigmas, bro. I just I just get tired of the, you know, <clears throat> because this is the way we've always done it and the way it's always been like that. Well, that doesn't mean that it's always been right, man. Yeah. Like I said, it's just with the medical advancements we have today, I'm just up for like, hey, man, why not? Let's try and, something and, different.
2: And what's the most <laughs> profitable drug that's, that's prescribed antidepressants? <laughs> um, so, yeah, oh, man, you know, man. you're going after that. Which they have their place. I'm not saying that, you know, they're yeah. a thousand percent bad. They have their place. Some people do need it. Um, but yeah, all the money. You
0: know? It's always all so. the money. I mean, like I don't take anything from the VA anymore for antidepressants. I tell people like, Dude, the best way I fight off the demons is stay busy and stay active. Because like, Lord, you go to the VA, just here's some pills. Here's some more pills. Here's some more pills, 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 pills. And I'm like, I don't want to take any more pills, man. I am good dude and it just gets so tired and I'm at, at definitely at an age now where I'm doing more stuff trying to be more natural like I started taking freaking cinnamon for you know, my type 2 diabetic and dude I started taking more fiber to get my you know to get my cholesterol under control because the older I get the more I realize I really got to take care of myself a lot more man and taking pharmaceuticals is not always the best thing that's why like I like I'm all for trying more natural, holistic stuff, and me saying that as a tough guy that always been like, I don't believe in none of that fruit frou stuff, bro. Like all the, you know, you know just take some gingers and some cinnamon, it'll be okay. But I'm like, actually, this stuff is actually working. Like my doctor saw my numbers from my last blood test and was like, bro, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. Bro, I just been awesome. eating more fiber, and it's been I feel phenomenal. You now I just great. gotta try to shed the weight and get on fat, man. <laughs> And now the cool thing about your clinic also it's a, it's a really a family business because y'all moms your mother works with y'all too correct
2: yeah yep yeah. she's the main anesthesia provider so she's been <laughs> in anesthesia for what 30 years since i've been born almost 32 years um, oh, yes. and yeah she's i mean she's worked with ketamine every day and in, in the operating room so it's like and that goes back to you know um you know police and the stigma and everything if you go get a surgery you've had ketamine you just don't realize don't know, it yeah you, know, if you went to the dentist maybe you've gotten it you know <laughs> so yeah.
0: well that's crazy though when you uh i don't know if y'all are aware of this but new jersey is the first state that actually started allowing cops to smoke marijuana when they were off duty wow oh, yeah but it happened that, i think it was last year the year before but they started it, man. I was just like, oh, that's wild, man.
2: There you go. A, There's a cultural shift for you.
0: It's kind of sad. That's that's
2: such an oh
1: wow though. Like
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not really. I, mean, <laughs> I think uh was it uh was it uh what was the movie with uh Dave Chappelle? How was it not how high?
2: Oh um <laughs> Oh, I can't. I think. Oh, it what half is the bagged. name? Half-Baked. Half baked. Yeah. He was like, I'm addicted
0: to marijuana. Bob Sag was like, marijuana is not an addiction. He's the <laughs> <up for coke." laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, I come across weed now. Yo, yo, I'm like, like, and it's weird. We get calls at work all the time. Like, my partner got a call the other day. Somebody found a bag of drugs on the sidewalk. I'm like, oh my God, it's a bag of drugs. It's <laughs> there. It's like, it's a bag of weed. Like, step on it, throw it in the trash. Like, I don't know why you calling us like we can do something special with it.
2: All we're gonna do is
0: put it in the property room, waste some tax dollars, and throw it in a you know in an incinerator, bro. Like literally, that's it. There's literally nothing more we can do, man. Dude, but so man, this has been awesome, guys. We're getting ready. To, the show's coming to an end. We get ready to land the plane. So, man, so your location? Where are y'all located, at address wise, so people can hear it for the show? <laughs>
1: We're at uh, 6719 Elvarado Road, uh, Suite 201, so that's in San Diego, um, right near Elvarado Hospital.
0: Okay, and so how can people seeking treatment get a hold of you all?
1: Uh, They can go to our website, resilienceintegrative.com, or they could give us a call, uh, 619-535-5528.
0: Also, y'all also have an email address and social media and all that, too?
1: Yes. Uh, info at resilienceintegrative.com. We're also on Instagram, Twitter,
2: LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and what else? It's at, at resilience, R-I-W. Um, you'll see our, our logo. Um, and what else? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it.
0: So when y'all go in there and they listen to music, y'all got like the the flute music playing and all that, and like the oh, sound yeah. of like birds chirping. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <yeah>. The sound <laughs> of, gen- of a gentle waterfall putting you at ease.
1: That's a that's a that's a daily
0: thing. We're so calm here. <laughs> I don't even want the treatment. I just want to sit in the lobby for real. Like, I just want to sit in the lobby and relax, man.
1: <laughs> you can take a nap on the couch. When you're good. Yeah,
0: there we go. It's, yeah, it sounds nice, man. Like I said, if y'all get a real waterfall in there, I'm definitely. I'm down. that's happening. <laughs> definitely that's coming. Nice Is it? There you go. You can't be a successful you know, wellness business without a waterfall, bro. Exactly. <laughs> and also you got to have that big thing of w- uh, water with the lemons in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the lemon and the mint leaves. There you go. You're welcome oh, for man. that, by the way. <laughs> <Thank> yeah. <you. laughs> <laughs> so definitely, man. Like, so definitely if anybody's listening and you are hoping to seek some treatment, and get get better from the PTSD and the trauma. Because like I said, man, we got a lot of trauma in life. dude. People that serve on the front line, you're going to have trauma. And there are other options for you. Like I said, I know for those of us in law enforcement right now, our options are kind of limited, especially with you know policy. We're not allowed to partake of this stuff, which is unfortunate. But regardless, if you're not going to do that, at least get counseling and get therapy, man. Do something. Because like I said, the government, I tell people, does not care about you. You have to take care of yourself. Your police departments, your your chain of command, no one's going to care about you as much as you have to care about yourself. But I do know some people that do care about you. That's my boy Nikhil and uh, Ajay. Man, they definitely care. And also, also, how so? How are a people able to pay if they're having trouble paying or insurance wise? Is that is that an option for people?
1: So yeah, so right now, given given the legality of ketamine itself, it's unfortunately uh, cash pay. Uh, however, uh, We've kind of tried to expand again on the accessibility, Uh, either, you know, cash, credit card, HSA, FSA. uh, We take care credit, uh, advanced care. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, if and if at that point, you know, like Ajay said, with especially with uh, veterans, um, for those who simply can't afford
2: it, uh, we're always willing to work something out. Yeah. Yeah. We, hopefully, we like yeah. Look at veterans on a case by case basis. And, you know, if they can't afford it, um, you know, they do what they can. Um, but definitely we have that advanced care and care credit um, to h- help uh, allow them to uh, receive the treatment. And it's not like, it's not like marijuana or anything where it's just cash pay. Um, yeah. It's It's credit card and everything yeah. like that. It's just that it's not insurance. It doesn't, it's not accepted by insurance. Um Yet. we are working to get the form of ketamine that is accepted by insurance. Um, it's called spravado, it's intranasal ketamine, um, which we should have soon.
0: Awesome, man. Freaking awesome. How much for me to just sit in the lobby and listen to the music? <laughs> Ooh, that's free. And we got that's free. To drink <laughs> too. But. You got the lemon water, the mint lemon water. All right, man. I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> I am all in so fellas man hey I appreciate y'all coming on today and kind of passing the knowledge on to my fans and my crowd man Nikhil, it's good to see you again brother like I said, it's been too long man I freaking proud proud and honored to have served with such a good and noble honorable man dude I'm bro I am beyond proud of you Ajay mm-hmm. proud of you as well my brother y'all are doing good Thank things you. and making a good name for the veteran community and I always do my best to try Put a light on and shine on the veterans that are out there doing it because just because you get out of service, you know, you spend about, you know, some people 10, 15, 20 percent of their life in a military uniform. And then when they get out, they get lost and there's all the stigma that veterans don't know what to do. But there is definitely a path. And you have shown that you don't have to be tied to what you did in the military. You don't have to be tied to just this being a broke down disabled veteran. There's still there's life after service, man. And you all have proven that. And so I am thankful for guys like you today in this country, man. I you really know, am.
1: Man. You Thanks definitely.
0: <laughs> definitely, man. So I'm going to let y'all go ahead and get out of here, man. I, like I, said, I appreciate your time. I'll be sure to put a link to resiliency, integrative wellness down in the link for everybody. And before I go, let me get that. Thank you. Come again. Mikhail. One of y'all. Give it to me. You, you do it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> it wouldn't be right if I did it. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fellas, I appreciate y'all, man. All right? Y'all take it easy, man. And uh, I'll definitely uh, – I'll be in touch with y'all soon, okay?
1: Awesome. Right. Sounds great. Man. All, all right, care. man. Have great a good up, one. Man.
0: all right man well awesome what a great episode man freaking awesome and it's just so good to see people that you serve with just doing great things dude it's freaking makes me so proud of just man, proud to be a part with those guys with the 10th mountain division alpha company 214 still out there doing big things man and making a difference in the world you know we you know people try to say we didn't really make a difference in iraq and maybe we did or did not but man I know these guys, we might not have made a difference in some of the Iraqis lives, but they definitely made a difference in my life as an individual and as a person. Man, so it's just always good to see that. And it's good to see people trying to help veterans that are struggling and first responders in an alternative way to what we have going out. Because we know as tough guys, as alpha males, we all know that there's one thing we all do when things get tough. We go to the bar and we drink. Lord knows I have gone to the bar and I'm drinking my weight and bourbon and everything else, man. And you know what? There's nothing good that really comes from it. You know, alcohol, it literally poisons your body. And Lord, I've seen alcohol ruin lives. People I know personally, friends, family members, I've seen what it does, yo. But hopefully we can get rid of the stigma that's behind drugs and, you know, certain drugs and the way that they're being. Kind of marketed, and like I said, man, it's not that drugs are evil, it just depends on whose hands they're in and how they're using it. But supervised drugs that are helping people reclaim their lives that's freaking awesome! Like I said, it's 2023 going on, 2024, man. It's time to move treatment for these issues into the future and start looking at alternatives, y'all. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just want to go ahead and say thank you all again for tuning into the Iron Pits podcast. I'm sorry for the delay been a while got a lot going on but as always I man, y'all are always on my mind it's good to be back here before you all so if you all don't mind be sure to go to uh all the social media links i'm going to put in the show give these guys a follow give them some support because supporting them is not only supporting them but you're also supporting frontline workers veterans first responders all right and these are the people that keep america safe and in order to do that we got to keep them keep us healthy that's the most important thing, man. So I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I appreciate you all. Appreciate your time. If you could give the show a like, a follow on Apple, you know, leave me a comment. Please leave me a review. It's been a while since I got any reviews. So if you could, please do that. You're truly appreciated. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the I Am Pits podcast. All right, y'all. And I will see y'all on the next.